All right, what's going what on, guys? Going on? Welcome back to the Opinion City Podcast, a professional wrestling podcast where we debate the hottest topics of the past, present, future, and beyond. We are your hosts. My name is Ralph Heinmarch. And I am Parmesan Russell. As always, this podcast is for you, the listeners, and we love hearing your opinions. So please reach out to us via email at opinioncitypod at gmail.com. Before we go any further, if you want to support our show, you can follow us at Opinion Side Penny City Pod on all the socials. You can find the links to everything that we do over there. You can follow myself at Permachuzo. You can follow Ralph over here at Real Ralph 316. If you like what you're hearing, don't be a stranger. Please like, rate, review our show. Let us know what you think because we would love to hear from you. Without further ado, let's get down to this week's episode. All right. So, uh, Right off the bat, we'll just get right into it. Uh, this is take number two this week for us. Uh, there were some technical difficulties here at the Mancast Network Studios, and we're hoping that all of it's we're hoping good. that all of that has been taken care of. And uh, so now we're presenting this uh, Monday night edition of uh, Opinion City, uh, mm-hmm. almost almost an Opinion City after dark, I was, uh, yep. if you will. So. Um, but we got we got a lot of things to uh, talk about tonight. So, Sean, why don't you go ahead and let everybody know what we've got on tap for this episode of Opinion City? Later on in the show, we will have our main event topic, which is our top five Undertaker Mania matches of all time. It mm-hmm. is spooky season, so we thought let's start the spooky season off right with a little bit of Taker action. Yeah. But current events wise, we have a lot to go over because there were the crossovers have happened between AEW and WWE. You, you, we have AEW versus NXT tomorrow night, which will be mm-hmm. a doozy. And it's just a lot is going on, Ralph. And I have to ask you your opinion because you are the man with the opinions and the man with the Christian Cage fandom. I have to mm-hmm. ask you your thoughts on the Edge debut as well as your thoughts on that Christian promo from Dynamite on Wednesday. All right. So uh, let's let's start right off the bat. Let's talk about Edge's debut, obviously. Um the, the big moment uh, at Wrestle Dream, um, you know, there, there was a lot of discussion ahead of time about, you know, why, why is the TNT title going on last? Why aren't we getting a world title match? All these different things. And obviously now we all know why we went with the TNT championship match because it was all a setup for Edge to show up, which we should have, we should have seen coming. Um, I didn't. I was uh, 100% surprised. I did not see it coming. Um, I will say, uh, and you and I have talked off camera about this, but I would have done uh, Edge's uh, intro a little differently, his debut. Yeah. Um, but in any manner, um, I think it definitely did what it needed to do. Um, I, I like the little tease where it could have possibly been him and Christian. And then, you know, he starts swinging the chair and taking out Nick Wayne and Luchasaurus. And I, yeah. I like all of that. I will say, uh, you know, I, I feel like that was a, a good tease and a good lead into what we got on dynamite from edge, which, um, you know, listen, so, um, the, the thing with edge was great. Um, I, I love the fact that edge was pushing for an edge and Christian reunion. One last run. Yeah. Cause you and I have talked about that and, and you were the that one that brought up like, dream way to go. yeah, that would be the dream way to go is have, you know, one last tag team run with E and C. And then you have your idea, which is have both of them have their song song match together one on one. Yeah. And then that that's it. They're done. 
Yeah, and I, I, I really think that that's eventually what we're going to get to. I think we'll probably have enough of a lead up where, um, you know, we're going to see Edge and Christian at odds with each other for a while. I think yeah. eventually we're going to have to have, you know, it's going to be one of those things where it's going to be kind of like out of sight, out of mind for a long time. And then all of a sudden, you know, uh, Christian's going to need saving or Edge is going to need saving and one or one of the other two is going to show up and it's just... Yeah. You know, there. I, I think there's going to be a good buildup to it, though. I don't think we're going to see it for a while yet because I think, at least in my mind, I think what they're planning on doing is really doing Edge and Christian, um, really hanging it up together, like right. having a double retirement match. Yeah. So, I don't think Christian's ready for that because Christian is 100% firing on all cylinders. Oh, he uh, is Christian crushing is, it right now. Yeah, Christian is killing it for for his age, for how long he's been in the business, for everything that he's doing. He is just absolutely killing it. And I know that, you know, Tony Khan has been talking about all the matches Edge is going to be having, how he's going to be on Dynamite and Collision and all these shows. And you're going to see him wrestle more than you've seen him wrestle in a long time. And I think they're doing that uh, to kind of hold off for a little while, because not only do I think, you know, Christian's still got a lot left in the tank. I think Edge is really excited about kind of moving forward and uh you know getting back to a more full-time schedule yeah he brought up all the names that he's never wrestled before and i think that there's some really interesting um i think there's some really interesting matchups there uh for me personally i cannot wait to see edge and samoa joe in a program that's gonna be so good i was hoping that they would do it but you know yeah maybe release joe not once but twice so yeah um you know, another right there. <laughs> yeah, another situation where they just didn't know what to do with a guy who can clearly go out there and still wrestle and still Again, give it his, his all. Promo from Dynamite in the suit, which is a reference to uh, a later show. But yeah, um, if you haven't seen that Twitter video, watch that Twitter video as well. But yeah, his promo in the suit and you know all uh, those shots was just so good. <laughs> oh, it was incredible. It, it it really was, and. You know, um, I, I was thinking about this, and when Edge was naming names, one of the names that he threw out there, which I was a little surprised by, but I also think that it's an opportunity to elevate somebody who was, to a point, used correctly in WWE, then yeah. completely misused, then brought over to uh, AEW and misused again, and I'm talking about Miro. Oh, yeah. Because he, he okay. brought up Miro's name, and yeah. I'm like thinking about it now i'm just thinking to myself like that could be an amazing program because i feel like miro's been kind of lost since he's gone to aew yeah i i loved his run as the um champion for a while that was a really awesome run i do mm-hmm. enjoy his redeemer uh gimmick i just hope they find a story with it because right now it seems like they're kind of getting into it with him and, and lana i mean cj perry yeah, I just don't know where they're going with that yet. I think, I guess they're going to go against each other for now. I don't really know. I digress. But yeah. yeah, I I have a theory, and I wonder your take on this one. I think, what if they wait until next year's All In, have it in that huge crowd, and that's where you do Edge versus Christian. Um, you build you know, a build up. Yeah, in that big of a well, crowd. I would be, see. yeah, I would be okay with that long of a buildup. I think my big thing right now is that, um, you know, as much as I, as much as I want to see, um, 
as as much as I want to see um, this this Edge and Christian thing be really big, like yeah. and and all into like you know all in again over in in Wembley, you know, doing it again. That's a huge huge way to do it, um, and, and I think I, that aspect of it I think would be great. My thing is I feel like if we're gonna do this. I feel like we've got to do it. Um, we, we've got to do it in Toronto. I, I just I don't see any other options. No, absolutely, because that I mean that's where Edge wanted to retire in the first place. Mm-hmm. And of course, instead of doing it at somewhere big, they decide, hey, we'll do a uh, random SmackDown in Toronto, and you face Sheamus, and that'll be your match. Which don't get me wrong, it was a great match, and Edge said that, that was a great moment for him. Well, but and, and it should have been the- a much bigger setting than a random SmackDown. Yeah, I mean, and and the build up to that was good because I mean, at least there was a story behind him and Sheamus. Right. You know, there was a connection there that that yeah. made it the right choice for the time. But I feel like um, I just I feel like we're gonna have to. Um, I think it's gotta be somewhere like Toronto that yeah. is as much a part of their story as as anything else is. So I'm hoping that. You know, is as much as I'd love to see it in Wembley, and and who knows? I mean, we could, you know, we could see when we finally get to Edge and Christian because I think they're going to hold that off for as long as they can. Yeah, give it that that proper build up that it deserves. But I wouldn't be surprised if we don't get a series of matches out of them. So the first one could be, first one could be at All In in Wembley. Yeah, you know, there's there's no reason why not. Um, the second one could be at All Out in Chicago, and then who knows? I mean, you know, we could have. Uh, you know, a little bit of breathing period before we come back round, you know, to, to round two, like edge takes right. one Christian takes another. And then, you know, we've got this, this rubber match that we just, we're never quite sure we're going to see. And then we get this friend. huge. <laughs> yeah. And then you get the huge build up to the double retirement. Yeah. I think no, it's, I think that would be, if me and you were bookers, that's how I would book it. Exactly. How I would book it. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's, I think that's a great idea. Um, that would be genius. Yeah. So um, to the WWE side. Yeah. Yes. We saw the tease of a debut of Jade Cargill at Fastlane. Quick appearance that she arrived at the. She was backstage at these at the arena. Yeah. Um, Mike, gonna throw this question at you. What are your thoughts on what feud she might start with, and where do you think show she's gonna go first? I don't think NXT, but where do you think? Okay. So couple things one um i think i think while her showing up at the pay-per-view was good i think it was a missed opportunity because i think they should have done more with her she shouldn't have just showed up in the back and shook triple h's hand i feel like you know um eosky wins her match and eosky's music is playing and all of a sudden the music cuts you know lights go out we see you know, uh, a, a Titan Tron hit, we see some music hit Jade cargo comes out and she kind of stands there and, you know, stares right. down EO sky. And, you know, I, I think there should have been more to it. So I'm not, yeah. uh, I'm not really thrilled with necessarily how they went about Cause you only get one shot to put her on TV the first time. I mean, think about what WWE with Chris Jer- did with Chris Jericho the first time they put him oh, on yeah. TV. That's you know what I mean? One of the best debuts of all time. Yeah, so you you only really get one shot for that. Um, as right. far as a feud goes, I'm I don't know. I I would not be surprised because from what I'm hearing, I think it's I think the goal is going to be her and Bianca Belair 
So I'm thinking that they may try and tease that a little bit at the beginning as far as where she's going to end up from the way I understand things is that WWE is pretty much uh, very soon going to, you know, acknowledge just the end of the brand split nonsense. Like they're not even going to split. Well, exactly. But I mean, they're going to, yeah, but they're going to actually acknowledge on TV that like, Hey, the brand split is done, you know, um, because they 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 still had like they still had delusions of of the brand split like oh, you know Jay, Jay Uso coming to Raw and then there's all this talk about like well who's SmackDown gonna get in exchange yeah. for him well who cares anybody could just show up so what does it matter <laughs> exactly. but I'm thinking they're officially gonna it sounds like they're gonna officially acknowledge it and end it soon and that's gonna be that however it'll be interesting to see where that leaves titles number one yeah um, but from what I understand, Jade Cargill is pretty much just going to show up anywhere. Um, you know, she's going to be kind of bouncing back and forth between Raw and SmackDown, which, which right. is fine. Cause yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many possibilities for, uh, you know, first time matches. Um, yep. I would honestly, and you know, just thinking about like who I think she would match up well with who I'd want to see her with. Cause We've talked at length about my feelings about Bianca Belair. Unless yeah. they're gonna, unless they're gonna change something, I don't want to see how we feel about Bianca Belair on this show. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to see her with anybody unless they're gonna change something. So, I think that a really good feud straight out of the box for Jade Cargill would be Natalia. Okay, I mean, yeah, I can see that because again. I think they I think they would work well together. Um, Natalia has been around forever. Natalia can pretty yeah. much work a decent match with anybody. And yeah. I think she would be able to be that sort of figure to get Jade Cargill into the routine of the WWE system, how WWE does things. I mean, I could right. see them having, you know, a, a decent run at house shows where, you know, she's just learning from Natalia left and right. Yeah. So that's that's my thought. I, can see um, that I, I don't know what first opponent. I think for her, if they are going to be making her the rocker strapper that she clearly is, she cannot yeah. lose a match. She cannot lose a match. She needs to be dominant, as dominant as she was in AEW. Uh, they need to just have her literally like a storm and just wreck the house. I agree with that. My only problem with that is think about you know i i feel like if they do that with her that they're just going to end up ruining her then because look what they did with oscar like they had her as the unstoppable monster who couldn't be beat and then when they didn't know what to do with her they really didn't know what to do with her like when they didn't know what to where to go with that other than just like her winning every single match all the time they didn't know what to do so i'm concerned that if they do that with jade cargill they might not know what to do with her after I'm not necessarily to give her a streak, but like, don't have her like win her first two and then lose the rest. Like, give her a, a decent run with some like some wins before she makes like her first fumbles and losses. Well, I think like, make I, her look strong the entire time. Well, sure, because I, I think that fans are gonna be. I think fans are gonna be on board with her because I think fans are gonna know who she is. Right. I don't think I don't think this is one of those like, you know, uh, signings from another company where like, you know, they. Two out of every seven people know who she is. I, right. I think a lot of people are going to know who she is, but they still need to 
I, I think like you said, they, they need to make her look strong because they need to build the legitimacy for her. Because exactly. even though a lot of people may know who she is from AEW, a lot of people might not be familiar with her work. They might not have seen a whole lot of her. Um, obviously, you know, uh, having a consistent streak for her works for her character. I mean, oh, it works yeah. great in AEW. Works great in AEW, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's really interesting. Um, I, I think that's exactly what they need to do with her because she needs to come out of the gate strong because you can't have somebody like that that they you know built up to the point where her signing was announced on ESPN and she's yeah, literally... shaking shaking hands with Triple H after a pay-per-view. Like you can't have somebody that's that big that they're putting that much into and then just have her show up and like you know like she shows up she shows up one week and loses to Cora Jade and yeah nothing against nothing against Cora Cora Jade but like you know they they do things with her that aren't going to make sense you know for a character that they've built up that much yeah I get it I mean I I hope her I hope the best for her Uh, I really hope that she she does go to the moon because she deserves it I know she's still new and she's still green but she chose one of the best training senators to train at to become better so I mean yeah, I think yeah. she chose what the right choice is for her. Yeah, um, um, yeah, I agree. So we gotta talk about tomorrow because tomorrow is now getting to absurd levels of ridiculousness. Talking about the uh, first time in a while, AEW versus NXT Tuesday Night Wars. We yeah, have Tuesday Night Dynamite going up against NXT, and they decided to absolutely stack NXT for just to be petty, in my opinion, because they added Cena. They added Cody's making announcement. Heyman's going to be in Braun Breaker's corner. Cena's going to be in Hayes' corner. They've been teasing Taker's going to be there. Yes, I mm-hmm. said it. The Undertaker's mm-hmm. going to be there. So I don't know what the heck they expect out of this Tuesday. Ralph, what is going on, man? All right. So think <laughs> think about it. Think about it this way. Let's say that let's say that you're an NFL team, right. and let's say that as an NFL team. Uh, you were really, really good last season, but this season you were not able to keep the majority of your roster. So you just had to sign whoever you could. Uh, and things are going okay. You're coasting along fine, but now you're about to go up against like the, your, your big rival, the big, the big team that, um, you know, is, is just your 100% rival. They're, they're doing phenomenal throughout the season. They're firing on all cylinders. And you have the opportunity now, before you go into that match, to sign a couple big names, to bring them in, put them in the system, and uh, really go at it. You're going to do that. And I think what this is, is I think they know how bad things went before when NXT and AEW were up against each other. It, it was a... Washed. It was a decimation. And so one, I, one week. That was it. <laughs> yeah. And I don't I, I honestly don't think WWE wants to take any chances right now. Um, number one, you've got TKO behind everything. So TKO yep. is not gonna take kindly to uh getting trounced in the ratings right after they the purchase goes through and all these things happen. Secondly, yep. uh, as I understand it, and I don't know if you've been uh seeing the reports as well. But the talk now is that uh, Vince McMahon is 100% out of creative. Like Triple H, yeah, I did see that. Triple H has full control. That, like that, Triple H now has full control over creative. And yeah, so that's Vince not confirmed. Still, Vince may still put in input, but at the end of the day, 
it's Triple H's say. Right. And this and this hasn't been officially confirmed yet. These are still rumors, but from internal sources, that's the way things are. So I'm thinking, um, you know, especially since this isn't a regular occurrence, this is something that um, was necessitated by the baseball playoffs on TBS. Yep. That, uh, you know, AEW had to move dynamite. And I mean, think about it. This is like, you know. This is like if WCW put Monday Nitro up against Velocity. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, seriously. Exactly. <laughs> Just think about it. And again, nothing against NXT. Nothing. But NXT is not Raw. NXT is not SmackDown. <laughs> NXT is NXT. Yeah. So you have to have, um, there, there has to be some sensibility in all of this. I mean, if you think about it, what, okay, let me put it to you this way. So, you know AEW and NXT are up against each other on a Tuesday night. Yep. And NXT, you know what NXT is. You know what NXT's got going on. Um, you you know what is happening on NXT, but you also know what AEW is. So what could NXT honestly do to make you watch NXT instead of AEW? If you could only watch one of them. I mean, I guess what they're, do- what they're doing now is adding all these big names that we know. Yeah. Like Cena against, yeah. I mean, you know, Cena in Hayes' corner against Braun in Heyman's corner. You have um, Cody's banger announcement. You have mm-hmm. Oscar versus Roxanne Perez. Mm-hmm. Literally bringing in yeah. every big, big name you can think of that was in NXT or not, like Cena and Cody. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just crazy to me because I, I feel like even though the, Triple H said at the press conference that he's so happy that Edge is there, you know, good for him. Sure. I'm proud of him. His first match is that Tuesday, and they're like, all right, let's stack every big name on top of that show. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, and you also... get The Undertaker on NXT, like, you have mm-hmm. to pull that trigger and bring back The Undertaker for one night. Yeah. I, um, it just seems like a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess, um, you know, I guess... I guess my big thing would be, um, you know, you have to look at what is, it's not just AEW that's necessitating this. I mean, think about how things have been going. Think about how great it's been to have like Baron Corbin down there. Think about how great it's been to have Becky Lynch down there, Dom Mysterio, like bringing in those names have really, um, you know, sort of shown them how well that works. Yeah. So, to really put the rub on people. I mean, to me, you know, like a guy like John Cena going down there to me is no different than John Cena showing up at WrestleMania and putting over Austin theory. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like very much the same. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, and I think this, the, 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 the thing that nobody I think is really talking about at least, I mean, they're bringing it up, but I don't think they're talking about it as much as some of the other names. I think it's really interesting that Paul Heyman is going to NXT, and I yeah. I find it really interesting to see what that's going to mean for Paul Heyman moving forward because, you know, here we have a guy. I mean, is Paul Heyman trying to hitch his wagon to somebody in case the bloodline falls apart? I mean, that's not a bad plan. That's not Because then, plan. you know, because then if the if the bloodline goes away, he's got um he's got nothing else to he's got nothing else to do on the main roster. He's really got no one else at this point. So yeah. 
you know, if, if the bloodline goes away, he's got to have a backup plan. Um, yes. You know, because I mean, it if, the way it's going, it could all be over tomorrow. You know what Dude, I mean? Like, can I just say, I know last week we uh, spoke about how Reigns is like the centerpiece of the saga right now. Yeah. But my hats are off to Heyman, man. Heyman's segments with Jimmy and Solo and how he's trying to like, you know, reel him in, but, but he can't. It's probably some of my favorite Heyman stuff that he's been doing. Mm-hmm. He's just, oh, yeah. He's just trying to save what remnants he has left for Reigns, and, he, and he's just struggling. He's mm-hmm. struggling so hard, and you can see, like, they finally had him stop dyeing his hair, so now he's just gray from probably all the stress of Jimmy and Solo without Reigns being there. It's mm-hmm. just great stuff. Just I think, great stuff. I, I, think my, <laughs> I think my favorite Heyman moment was when... Uh, when Jimmy was talking to uh, different members of the judgment day and Heyman was just like lurking in the background, like kind of peering, <laughs> peering over boxes and like looking over and like, you know, he's, he's just yeah. got this like concerned look on his walrus yeah, face. And he's the, like, Whoa, whoa. like a ball of stress, but it's the best ball of stress on TV ever. Oh, it's, it's and phenomenal. I, and I, love I, love the, it. I love the call Roman Reigns bit every time gets me every time yeah i i find it funny because i i saw like the i saw like the memes online about how uh roman reigns must not have a wwe network subscription because paul heyman's doing play-by-play for him i did see that yeah (laughs) like stuff like that is just like yeah it's great i could listen to heyman literally all day like heyman's just one yeah if he does not go down as one of the best if not the best manager of all time, I mean, ugh. <laughs> if you if you don't if you don't know anything about Paul Heyman and you haven't seen the uh, "My Name Is Paul Heyman" uh, documentary that WWE did, oh, hunt so that good. down and check it out because so he's just. I mean, you will be shocked at the life he's lived. You will be shocked at uh, the wrestling life that he had even before he really officially got in the business as a promoter or a manager um right. just the just the the taking pictures and when he talks about some of the moments that he was present for like listening to dusty Rhodes, like he he's like listening to dusty Rhodes at an nwa meeting like talking to promoters and he's just like in the corner like a fly yeah. on the wall yeah I mean, it's just incredible you can't you, you can't you can't pay for experience like that you no. can't there's it just uh it yeah he's he's really good like i said you know right now Heyman is sort of the glue that's keeping the bloodline together right yeah. now because again i think without his his reactions to everything mm-hmm. it's just, i don't know it's just i'm i'm very excited to see on friday how it all goes with the uh and i quote season premiere mm-hmm. of smackdown which again i don't understand why they even say it because it never ends yeah <laughs> yeah um and you know you were you were talking about uh, big announcements on Tuesday, and and big things happening on Tuesday. There's uh, there's another piece of interesting information that's coming down on Tuesday, and I don't really know exactly what it is. There's been some speculation, but uh, okay. Busted Open has a big announcement coming tomorrow, and Dave Lagreca has been teasing that this big announcement is. Related to Busted Open 24-7, the hashtag that they've been trying to get going. So I don't okay. I don't know for sure what this is, but that's, uh, that's happening yes. during Busted Open tomorrow. So uh, 
definitely Check a day to out. yeah definitely a day to listen in <laughs> and i will say um so we've we've talked a little bit about uh we've talked a little bit about heels on this show uh, yes. we've talked a little bit about what was going on with the whole cancel stars thing and i gotta say if you have a chance uh last wednesday um, Mike O'Malley, who is uh, a showrunner on uh, Heels, he also played uh, the uh, quote-unquote heel promoter of the uh, Florida Wrestling Dystopia group, uh, right. Charlie Gully. He was on the show, and you okay. can get this on the Busted Open podcast as well. They have his interview uh, on the Busted Open podcast if you are not a SiriusXM subscriber. And I got to say, I listened to his interview where he talks about he talks about heels and he talks about why things happened the way they did, why the show ended up the way it did, um, you know, just just what they're thinking about in the future. But one of the interesting things that he brought up, and and this has kind of caused a little bit of change in the the way that people are, I think, looking at this. But, you know, he brought up the fact that, like, this whole cancel stars thing, he doesn't he doesn't really want to see anybody from stars lose their job or, or the, I mean, the, no. the program get like stars get canceled. Cause you know, he, he went on to talk about like, this is his second project at stars and what it's like to work for stars. And there were just a lot of um, things that happened outside of, of, of their purview and things that they could control. And, you know, he, he talked about how he's come up with this, um, you know, just realizing that he cannot emotionally react to things that he has no control over. Right. Um, but there's there's a lot of interesting things about why uh, things happened the way they did with the show, and uh, there there is a lot of hope for the future. They're they're looking to uh, shop it around and get picked up somewhere else. And I would honestly be surprised if they didn't. Which um, you know they they talked about like if they got picked up by another streaming service, um, you know, it would probably give them uh, the opportunity to take like seasons one and two with them from stars. But, mean, the inter- yeah. but the interesting thing about it was um, now he brought up the hashtag save heels, which is kind of what's been going around now, right. um, you know, and the interesting thing he brought up about it though, uh, when, when during the conversation, it was brought up that uh, stars has already pulled heels from their programming. Oh wow! Like busted open was telling everyone that they could possibly tell to go check out stars. You can't even do that now. That's crazy. Like they pulled it from the yeah. You can't you can't get stars at all now. So or I mean you can't get heels on stars at all now. So uh, just some interesting developments there. But really, uh, you should go and check out the uh, you should go and check out that interview with Michael Malley. Uh, yeah, it's on the it's on the busted open podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Definitely, definitely check that out. Yeah, so- it's a it's a great interview. If they are going to be able to move somewhere, where would you like to see them go? Or where do you think you'll see them go? Honestly, uh, right now, I, I think there's two real good possibilities. Um, I think Netflix, for one, because Netflix has shown that they have a history of valuing professional wrestling because they yeah. had not only have they had wrestlers, um, they did the uh, Glow series, yep. which uh, the drama series. They ran the Glow documentary. Um, yep. you know, so I think, uh, at one point, um, they had, uh, mm, they had another, they had another wrestling promotion on there, uh, Lucha well, Underground. Well, before the network came around, a lot of wrestling movies and shows were on Netflix. 
Yeah. So so they have a history with professional wrestling. So I yeah. would not be surprised if they get in the mix somehow. However, I also would not be surprised if Hulu gets in the mix. And I say this because Ooh, yeah. Uh, I, I say this because Hulu um, obviously is in major competition with Netflix and doesn't yep. really have anything uh, like a, a big wrestling property like that. Uh, the other thing, though, is that uh, I believe Hulu has a good relationship with stars. So, yeah, um, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. I mean. And and honestly, I mean, you you could say Amazon Prime as well. Like the three of those, I think, yeah, are your top good options. Yeah, major players, I think, that would step up because um, Amazon Prime had season one of uh, Heels on Amazon Prime. Now okay. Amazon Prime also you can you can add stars as a subscription channel to Amazon Prime. Right. But if you had Amazon Prime, you didn't need that stars subscription to watch season one of Heels. Now, okay. I don't think season one of heels is on there anymore. I think season one of heels. Um, I think that was removed. It expired right before season two came out, but it's interesting right. to note that uh, season two was finished filming in July of 22 and did not premiere until July of 23. Oh, wow. So there was like a huge, there was like a yeah. huge gap. And actually I think it was June of 22. I think they said it was 13 months between when they wrapped filming and when it debuted. So there was a huge gap in there. Um, so yeah. there was a, there was a lot of time to catch up on season one before season two came out right now. I don't, I don't think you can find it anywhere. Uh, I think it's in the you abyss. Have to either buy like the, the DVD or just yeah, find well, it somewhere. Yeah. Season, season one is on DVD. I don't know anything about season two. I don't know if that'll be out on DVD. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's um, if you did not get a chance to see it, uh, it was an amazing show. And here's hoping that here's hoping that that finds a home. Uh, here's hoping that wrestlers gets renewed. Here's hoping that Monster Factory finds a home. I was going to say, speaking of uh, places that need saving, uh, if you haven't watched the Monster Factory series on Apple TV Plus, I implore you to go watch it. It is a much different take on wrestling than you would think from the wrestlers and everything other show. I'm not saying wrestlers is bad. I watched both mm -hmm. wrestlers. It's also very good. But there's something yes. about the Monster Factory that just hits different. I know this is not an ad for WWE 2K23. It just it just hits differently. <laughs> it's yeah, just I... a different feel. It feels more intimate. Like it feels like you're watching their journeys rather than talking about their journeys. Like it's just mm -hmm. it's just made so well. It's only six episodes. Half hour long each, but they're yeah. just perfect little nuggets of what wrestling is like behind the curtain. But it feels more real. Yeah, and and you and I were having this conversation off the air, but um, you know, Netflix tends to have a more and and this goes right along with the rest of Netflix documentary series. They seem to have a more um, stylized, overproduced sort of dramatic feel to them yeah. rather than you know, maybe necessarily the realism you'd hope to see out of a docu-series. So, yeah. um, you know, yeah, definitely, you know, do whatever you can. Um, I know Apple TV has a seven day free trial. So, uh, you said there's six half hour episodes. Yeah. So honestly you could, you could knock that out in a day and spend the other six days, you know, checking out Apple TV, uh, yeah. originals and, and whatnot. Yeah. But, 
Uh, I, for that matter, you could watch Monster Factory uh, seven days in a row. Yeah, you can right. watch it over and over. I mean, yeah, it, just, I mean it, it, it's honestly that good where I can just rewatch it over and over again. Um, it's just, yeah, again, I, I get that way about wrestling it, stuff. Yeah, it's like, just really, really good stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a uh, it's it's been a it's been a really interesting week. There's a lot going on. There's still a lot to happen this week. Um, you know. Oh, here's a here's a thought. Okay. Uh, that because I know we both feel very different about this. This is opinion oh. city after all, so we have very different opinions. Oh boy. Uh, I have to bring it up from Saturday's AEW Collision when Big Bill and Ricky Starks oh. became the new AEW Tag Team Champions, and by <laughs> Ralph's reaction alone, you know which side that he's on versus what side I, I'm on. <laughs> all right. So before I so before I get into what side I'm on, I just. I need to make one thing very clear because I don't think this was made clear when you and I had the conversation. I have nothing personally against Big Bill. I have nothing um, against his uh, his his journey, his uh, everything he's gone through in his wrestling career to get to this point where he's now, you know, like winning his first title. Like I have nothing against any of that. That's not that's not where I'm at with this. Um, where I'm at with this is I feel like when, when you have a team like FTR who was in the conversation for greatest tag team of all time has had incredible matches with the young bucks Mm -hmm. in that, in the vein of, you know, determining who's the, the, the best tag team ever. Uh, when, when you have the title run that they've had, everything that they've done to build those characters to where they are no matter what's going on. And between the time that you and I had had the conversation, I, there's, there's some more information that's come out, but um, as I understand, as I understand it, the reason that things happened, why, uh, why they did was because uh, cash Wheeler got injured very early on uh, and in their last match. And so the fact that he was wrestling at all uh, was a big deal. Um, yeah. you know, because he was very hurt. And so anyways, to me, if you're going to have FTR drop the titles, you are not going to do it in a five minute match on collision against a thrown together tag team. I'm sorry that <laughs> what that actually does is that it, it does less for big bill and Ricky Starks, and it does less to put them over and it does more to bury FTR. I do not believe for a single second after watching the entire tag team title run of FTR and the fact that they went over on the Bucks, all of these things, none of that says to me that these are two guys who should be dropping the tag titles in a five-minute match on collision to two guys who have just been thrown together as a tag team and nothing against those guys, nothing against collision. I just don't see it. I I don't see that. That's the way that you do it. Not when you have other opportunities to do it in a better way that does not at the same time do more to bury FTR than it does to elevate someone else. And that's, those are my concerns. And I completely understand those concerns. I'm more on the side of that. I don't know, maybe I'm just a, a, a fanboy, who knows? But I've been following Starks and, and Big Bill for their entire careers. I'm a huge Ricky Starks fan. I'm a huge 
W. Morrissey, a.k.a. Big Cass, a.k.a. Kazakhstan fan. And just seeing, again, his whole journey from, you know, going through alcohol and, 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 and substance abuse to getting back in shape, being clean, being sober, and then getting that big win, seeing him on top of the world, you know, at least for now. Who knows if this is going to be a long run or not. That remains mm-hmm. to be seen, especially now that the Young Bucks are in line for a shot at the belts. Which, again, if I am more afraid that what they're going to do now is just give the Young Bucks the belts now in their first match against mm-hmm. Big, Bucks, uh, Big Bill and Starks. And then now they're back as not only tag team champions, but ROH trio champions with Hangman. And that, to me, is just too much. That's <laughs> just too much. <laughs> well listen i don't even i don't even think talking about that matters because they've already just to me they've already devalued those tag titles because they didn't do big bill and ricky starks any favors by having them win it that way because i still look at them and i say to myself are they a legit tag team are they legit tag team champions do do they deserve to be in that spot already like to right. me to me, it's like AEW was stuck in a situation where they had to do something and this was the best thing that they could come up with. And I understand that if that's what the case was. I just feel like it could have been, if you have to have FTR drop the tag titles, you could have done it. You could have done it in a better way. For that matter, you know, have them have them walk out on collision and announce, you know, that uh, Cash Wheeler's injured and he's got to have surgery. So they're dropping the tag, you know, they're, they're relinquishing the tag titles, but they'll be back for them. Let, you know, let Dax Harwood go on a singles tear and put the tag titles up in a tag title tournament. If I'd have, if I'd have had two weeks or three weeks to watch big bill and Ricky Starks fight their way through a tag title tournament and pull it off at the end, I would have thought a hundred times higher of them as a tag team and as tag team champions than I do doing it this way. So I think, and and part of the reason that I don't think they did that was simply because they've had a lot of bad luck and a lot of issues in the past over people having to relinquish their titles. Yeah. I think they they wanted to avoid that. I think they could have just dropped it at, at Russell dream. I mean, I know that wasn't ideal, but say you drop it to, you know, I think it was, um, it was, was it against Aussie Open, right? Um, or am I mistaking myself? No, I think it was. Yeah, uh, I think it was Aussie Open. Yeah, and, and even if it wasn't their time, you do it, you well. Know, you, yeah, it's on, a, it's it's on a bigger stage. It's on a bigger yeah. platform. Give them that rub. Mm-hmm. Then FCR can go off for a while, and you can either have Aussie Open hold the belts for a while, or then you have Starks and Big Bill climb up the ranks and then beat them Listen, the belts. You know, for you that, have, you know, that yeah, big for, for that matter, yeah. if you, re- if you really want to put the titles on big bill and Ricky Starks, all you had to do was run some kind of angle where big bill and Ricky Starks get themselves into the match somehow. And now it's a right. triple threat tag match and you could have big bill and Ricky Starks pin Aussie open to win right. the titles. That way FTR never loses the titles. Now, Cash Wheeler can go get his, uh, you know, recover from his injury or get his surgery or whatever needs to be yeah. done. Um, and that takes no steam away from FTR mm-hmm. that, that now, that now gives, uh, that now gives big bill and, uh, Ricky Starks a, a legit win that they could build off of because right. now that gives them an instant program with Aussie open, which is going to elevate them because we all know how high AEW is on Aussie open. Yeah. I mean, we've been seeing them 
literally everywhere. So obviously yeah. they like these guys. So yeah. that could have been a really good feud for Big Bill and Ricky Starks. I mean, you could have had Aussie Open pin Big Bill and Ricky Starks, and then you could have had like the chase for the tag titles that would yeah. have, you know, made Big Bill and Ricky Starks more of a complete team building up to the point where they get to Aussie Open and now they take the titles from them. Right. I, so I there's feel like the the chase is more fun than the rain sometimes. Uh, I mm -hmm. saw someone say it about Rollins is about anytime Rollins goes for the belt, they're so excited when mm -hmm. he, when he when he gets it, but then when he wins it, people want him to lose it. It's like because yeah. we want to see the chase more than the actual rain. Sure. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's, it's you know, the, the the chase is just as important as whoever holds the belt right so sure and that's that's the case a lot of times when you see somebody that you really want to see win the title and then you finally see them win the title and that title reign just doesn't live up to what was in your head yeah and then it just becomes oh he won it but now i don't want him to hold it anymore <laughs> yeah yeah but it, that's the thing like just sometimes the chase is more fun and i feel like when ftr do get better and our mm -hmm. and cash is mental health they will be on the chase again and we'll be just as, as excited for the chase as they was for their long reign. I'm hoping. I'm hoping because, that's what happens. Yeah. I think that's what it's all about is that, you know, that chase, the hunt. Yeah. So. Well, one one can only hope. Um, but, uh, yeah, just, I mean, look at, look at look at how long we're going on about some of these things. That just shows you, like, what what um how, how big this week really was oh, yeah of course I, you know <laughs> i don't think anybody intended in the in the beginning for it to be such a huge week in wrestling but just all these things going down um it's and and we talked about this maybe a week or two ago where like i, I mentioned that you know I'm more interested in the indies now than i am in these major wrestling promotions because they're just not holding my attention but right there are a lot of interesting things really going on right now. So I think they we're, are. I think we're at like a, a precipice for a point where things are going to really start to, to build over. And I think we're going to start seeing some new things along, you know, some, some different landscapes. And I think it's really going to make things, it's going to make things fresh. It's going to make things exciting. Um, I think there's great things happening in, in both companies that, Agreed. um, Agreed. you know, are going to, are going to just build into, uh, something more. So, um, you know, all I can say is enjoy tomorrow night because tomorrow night's going to be a fun ride. No it's matter what happens. Treat. I'm very curious to see what they do with Taker because they're not, yeah. they're not referencing it like head on, but they are saying there were some interesting tunes at the end of that promo. The heaps keep saying that during the whole press conference. They were like, there were some interesting tunes. You mean the gong? You mean the obvious take or go? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let so let me ask you this. Um, are you going to watch Dynamite Live, then watch NXT, or watch NXT Live and then watch Dynamite, or are you going to try and go between the two of them? I'm probably gonna do what I always do and watch both. Um like I like I did Saturday, I had uh, AEW on the big screen and I had Fastlane on my laptop. I'll probably have AEW on the big screen and mm -hmm. NXT on the because because NXT I am watching again. I'm starting to watch it again. I'm starting to get more invested into the storylines they have on there, mm -hmm. and the wrestling yeah. is very good still. Yeah, that I don't think that was ever um, question. Like, I think it's more it's NXT. Good. I think it's more like they're very hit or miss. Either it's amazing or yeah. it's just a cringe fest, and it's very hard to get in the middle of that. Yeah, fine line of good and bad. 
with them. Yeah. So I just I just think I think um I think AEW is going to be a good show from top to bottom. I think I NXT is going to be a surprise show. I think there's going to be a lot of things that you're probably not going to see coming. So I, I'm interested to see. I think I'm more interested to see what happens uh, on NXT. So I may watch NXT and then uh, try and yeah. go back and watch Dynamite. Because uh, I know what I'm getting with Dynamite. I know it's going to be a great show. I know the wrestling's going to be good. I know there's going to be you know, probably great promos. I don't really see too many surprises coming out of dynamite. I do see more surprises coming out of NXT. So I think I'll be more interested to see what happens there. Yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, at this point, we're going to take a short break while you check out this message from our sponsor, ref Larry's wrestling collectibles. And we will be back with our main event right here on opinion city. Introducing Ref Larry's Wrestling Collectibles, your ultimate destination for all things wrestling nostalgia. At Ref Larry's Wrestling Collectibles, they don't just sell items, they curate memories. Whether you're a fan of the classic era or modern showdowns, they've got something for everyone. Ref Larry's Wrestling Collectibles sells DVDs, books, magazines, action figures, and so much more. So stop on by Ref Larry's Wrestling Collectibles, where every piece tells a story and every fan becomes a part of the legacy. Ref Larry's Wrestling Collectibles is conveniently located inside Mother Tucker's Antiques and Collectibles, located at 566 North Reading Road in Ephrata, PA. Stop on by Thursday through Monday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Give them a call at 717-405-0153 or find them on social media at Ref Larry's WC. Ref Larry's Wrestling Collectibles is a proud sponsor of the Opinion City Podcast. And now, back to the show. All right, we're back here on Opinion City, and we want to thank Ref Larry's Wrestling Collectibles for being a proud sponsor of the Opinion City Podcast. If you'd like to be a sponsor, please send us an email at opinioncitypod at gmail.com. And you know what that means? It's time. It's time for our main event. All right, main All right, event time. Oh yeah, we are doing again top five Undertaker Mania matches of all time in our opinion, of course. So I'm I'm super excited for this. I will say I that uh, in in my lifetime, I have personally witnessed uh, two Undertaker WrestleMania main event matches. Mm-hmm. I have I, seen. I <laughs> I have I have seen uh, Undertaker and Kane at WrestleMania 20, and I've seen Undertaker and Shawn Michaels at 25. Uh, okay, so um, right. it's uh, you know, seeing the Undertaker live is one thing because okay. it is just a spectacle in and it's of itself. Amazing, but seeing the Undertaker live at WrestleMania is just a whole different uh, a whole different moment. And I will say, just from a personal standpoint. Um, the, the WrestleMania 20, uh, match with the Undertaker and Kane, that was when Undertaker was first coming back from his, yep. uh, American badass gimmick. And he was favorite match yeah. it ups in a, a, in so long. I like, yeah, ugh, 
so he was so he was coming back to his dead man gimmick for the first time in quite yep. a few years mm-hmm. and uh at the beginning uh of of the uh of his entrance at 20 uh and nobody knew this was happening but all of a sudden you hear Paul Bearer's voice oh, and the, the arena the arena uh. goes insane cuz nobody knew he everybody knew he was coming back as the dead man nobody knew he was coming back with Paul Bearer that yeah. was a surprise and people just lost, lost their, their minds minds about the, yeah yeah it yeah. was it was incredible so uh you know the the undertaker's streak uh sadly uh ended when it did and yeah. um you know uh, it for me personally it was something no that should have gone on forever yeah, it should have never ended me and my friend repeatedly had a theory that where we, we where we said what should happen uh if the streak didn't end right what should mm-hmm. happen is take her for like whatever match we want to consider the last streak match right mm-hmm. it's we said make it a coffin match against whoever it is whoever mm-hmm. he's facing and instead of doing the match taker just quietly takes off his hat and jacket goes into the coffin lays down and, and shuts the door well that would have been interesting as in I end the streak my way. I'm done. And he just hmm. closes the casket. Lights go out. It disappears. It's over. Yeah. That's huh. it. Yeah. That... That for years. How it would be cool to, that, that he lets himself go. And that's yeah. It. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I don't know. I, I know uh, there, there have been at least two wrestlers that I can name that have gone on record and stated that uh, they were uh, they were told that they were going to end the streak and they both declined. Yeah, because they knew the significance and power the streak yeah. had for Mania. Yeah. So they didn't want to see that go yet, and rightfully so. Yeah, I agree. Well, you know that that brings us into our top five, and. Uh, right. I'm pretty excited for this. Uh, I have to say that I had some, I had some real soul searching to do on this one because <laughs> I had a, I had a number of matches I wanted to put in there. And a part of it was just reconciling myself with the, with the order of the list too. Oh, of um, course. Yeah. That's, how, that, that's always the hardest part is putting this one together. Yeah. This one took me a little while, but I think I'm very confident in my list. Yeah, I would say I'm pretty confident in my list as well. All right, so why don't you uh, why don't you lead us off here with your number five? My number five brings us to WrestleMania 21, uh, the Legend Killer versus the Legend, being the Undertaker. Uh, I was a huge fan of the Legend Killer gimmick. I thought mm-hmm. it was really cool that you know he was also at this point the uh, world's youngest world heavyweight champion. Mm-hmm. So he did have that moniker under his belt at the time. Mm-hmm. Mind you, he was only like two years into his run, like three years in, so he's still pretty much fresh. I feel like this match proved to everybody that he can be that main event star that he was born to be. Yeah. Um, and he proved it in this match. You know, the whole time he was obsessed that he wanted to beat the streak and really mm-hmm. be the one that kills the legend of the Undertaker. And he got some pretty good offense in the whole time. Like it was a pretty even battle. Mm-hmm. Probably one of the big spots was when Undertaker goes for that choke slam and he reverses into an, an RKO out of nowhere. One of the earlier RKO out of nowhere's that was just perfect. Mm-hmm. There was shenanigans with uh, his father, Cowboy Bob Orton, interfered, tried to interfere by yep. taking Taker with the uh, 
arm cask, and it didn't work. It was just a really fun, evenly paced matchup. And of course, you know, Taker won with the tombstone. But it was a great match for both stars. And like you always say, it's not really about who gets the win, but about who gets over. Mm -hmm. And I think this is one of those instances where, where Orton got over. Yeah, and I think this um I think this was really perfect for you know what what Randy Orton was doing at the time because it's like it, you know if you're going to do this legend killer gimmick and right. you know you're going to really play yourself up as as the legend killer you know after a while there's only one place there's only one other place you can go with it yep and that's Undertaker <laughs> at Mania I mean yeah. there's if you're going to consider yourself the legend killer you are not the legend killer until you kill the actual legend and that's yep. and i i thought it was great that um you know like his his dad was involved in the stuff and yeah um it just yeah it as far as undertaker matches go um and and i will say this one is not on my list um, but as far as undertaker matches go i feel like this is one of the uh i, I mean for me, I would say this is like the top third of matches when you're looking at like big time match feel. Yeah. And I think this is probably for me like top third of the list again when you're looking at like if, if we were talking about like um, top five most credible uh, chances to beat the streak, you know, Randy yeah. Orton would be uh, Randy Orton would have to be in that list because. Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, you could you could look at that and you could look at that match and I mean, you could really see Randy Orton doing this like because oh, yeah. for everything that they had done with Randy Orton, uh, you know, um, with him, you know, at the time being like the youngest world champion and all these like all the stuff that he got very early on in his career. And you're yeah. thinking to yourself, you know, this this could be the guy to do it like this could be the one to beat him. So, yep. um, yeah, I mean, uh, definitely for me. Uh, one of the better matches that he's had. Yeah. Um, it was, it was definitely a, it was definitely a good match. Um, and again, you know, uh, you, I, for me, I, I could honestly believe Randy Orton, you know, could be the one to beat him. Obviously he didn't, but, but it's a very good story to make you believe that, Hey, mm -hmm. this could be the one. Yeah. So, Yeah. Great, uh, great start to your list. All right, that's with your number five. The start to my list is a little controversial because oh, again, oh, I feel no. like, well, the thing is, like, some people wouldn't even consider this a match, but I oh, it had no. to be on my list. Okay, I had I had to go with the uh, I had to go with the uh, cinematic graveyard match from oh. thirty six with AJ Styles. I would totally count that. That's totally worthy. I know it's not a match, but it was a match, and. Just an amazing pick. Um, I think for me, what that match, what that match did to change the idea of what wrestling could be, um, yeah. you know, because again, you have to remember everything had changed. We were in the and, middle of oh, yeah. COVID. Yeah. You were having WrestleMania in an empty arena, no fans, Awkward. Awkward. you know, and here <laughs> you had the undertaker. And again, you know, I, there was no way that like, you know, th there was no way that anybody on God's green earth was going to defeat the undertaker in that type of match. No, but I would AJ styles was such a big name. And, and part of it too, I think was that, you know, 
um, WWE had brought AJ Styles in. They yep. gave him the big debut at the Rumble, and mm-hmm. he got very big very quickly, but he also got very small very quickly, too. Like, right. he fizzled out, I think, and by no fault of his own, uh, that nothing against his talent, his promo work, his character, uh, him as a person. It's just things happened, and yeah. he did not maintain that level of success. So I think a lot of people were surprised that AJ Styles was the guy who got the nod for this one. Right. But AJ Styles absolutely 100% proved himself to be worthy of every bit of that. Um, every moment of this was every moment of yeah. this was great from the undertaker's entrance to his exit to, uh, you know, the, uh, OG bullet clubs, uh, involvement in the match, yeah. um, you know, fighting on top of the house and uh, just everything about it. Um, it was made so well, just made very, well. yeah. It, it was really it was really done very well um and i know a lot of people i know a lot of people are on the fence about the uh firefly funhouse match with bray wyatt and john cena which i absolutely love that match was incredible but a lot of people are on the fence about that but i think we would we would never have seen things like that had we not seen the 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 graveyard match i don't yeah. think we would have seen um like uh you know uh the uh, arena stampede uh things like that like we wouldn't we wouldn't be we wouldn't be as accepting as fans as we are with those types of matches if the first one that we really saw hadn't been done so well that thing is a masterpiece from beginning to end it is more it is more an epic movie than a match yeah but it accomplishes everything it needs to accomplish. And I think, you know, it was kind of the perfect ride into the sun, like the the ending where he just, you know, rides off in the motorcycle. Um, It it wasn't, it, it wasn't, it wasn't the dead man. It wasn't the American badass. It was just Mark Calloway as Mark Calloway, which was so great about it because then, you get this transition into where, you know, he's inducted into the hall of fame and he really embraces his role as Mark Calloway, the person who portrayed the undertaker. When you look at his hall of fame speech, his one dead man shows, all of these things are now highlighting him as Mark Calloway. And I don't think if the, if the graveyard match had not gone off as well as it did and got the reception that it did, we may have never seen that from him. Right. So I think it I think it changed a lot. I I would agree that that whole that whole time, everybody had to adapt. We all had to think about the audience. What would keep them captivated without fans in the ring? Yeah. So you know you had to turn to this new style of matches, and it worked. I mean, we all know that we, who we had to thank for it though. Broken Matt Hardy, for. Even the idea. Yeah, well, the of course, <laughs> of course. Um, you know how long? How long WWE cinematic match? If if you will. How long WWE fought like the the you know the the whole Hardy family sort of uh, dynamic there, and finally they embraced it. I don't think they ever did. Uh, I don't think they ever did Matt Hardy and like the Hardy versus much justice as Impact did because what they did there was freaking phenomenal. It was so good. But, but it it, it kind of, oh, absolutely. But it also showed that WWE was now willing to at least think about it. 
exactly. So yeah, you definitely have Matt Hardy to thank for a lot of this because yeah. uh, the stuff they the stuff they were doing in Impact was just as you as you said groundbreaking. There's no other word for it because it was yeah. just uh, c- clearly amazing mm-hmm. and clearly led into this. Yeah. All right, very good. Let's let's get to your number four. My number four might be a little bit controversial as yours, not as controversial. Oh, okay, um, but I just think it's one that's very over uh, underlooked, if you will. Is it overlooked? Overlooked. Oh, okay. Um, All right. I'm, I'm talking Triple H, the real one, WrestleMania 17, when he faced Ooh. the American Badass version of the Undertaker. Mm-hmm. I just feel like this one was overlooked because this this one this was a great match. This one yeah. had a lot of big spots. It wasn't no holds barred, but there was a ref bump, of course. So it went from there. You had that spot where the Undertaker choke slams Triple H off a platform. Mm-hmm. Before that, you have Triple H nailing with like at least six or seven chair shots in a row, which just mm-hmm. looked brutal, just insane. And of course, that's the match where they used a prop sledgehammer, only for it to hit him in, in the right spot to bust him open the real way, even though it was mm-hmm. a prop. Yeah. <laughs> Not to mention, this was the uh, this was the match where Triple H came out uh, and and Motorhead played yep. him to the ring. Motorhead played him alive, so that felt mm-hmm. like a huge deal. Yeah, that um, really you did. Know, this was just a really great match. And the fact that when they rehashed the feud after Michaels and never mentioned this first match always kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Mm-hmm. This was a really great match that did exist. It did happen. And it was great. Yeah, for me, uh, you know, I, I feel like this is one of those instances where you have two wrestlers that have a series of matches and one of them just gets left by the wayside at some point, like, because you have other matches that maybe overshadow it in certain ways. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's any less, uh, as important or as good. Um, this, and I I know this is, I know this is a subject for another show, but I've got to say that there is a promo that triple H does, um, in the ring on SmackDown, uh, I clearly remember he has the uh, the the leather jacket with the like the denim vest. Oh yeah, and he's and he's yeah. calling out the Undertaker where he's you know running down like the list of people that the Undertaker has taken out, and then he's like you know you've you've never taken me out. Like it's it it's that a master a story. It was really good. <laughs> it's a masterful promo. I really enjoyed it, and um, you know. It's it's hard for me to believe that this match is um, in the lore of the Undertaker as forgotten as it is, because I mean, t- for me, for my money, WrestleMania, WrestleMania 17 is still the best WrestleMania of all time. That's so good from from beginning to end. Yeah, I mean, even even mm-hmm. some of the even some of the recent WrestleManias we've had have had moments of greatness that have outshined every other WrestleMania. But for me, from yeah. top to bottom, beginning to end, every single match was just um, absolutely amazing. And uh, it just, it it boggles me that this is as forgotten as it was. Because this was, I mean, this was a brutal match yeah, it, for it what it was. Brutal, yeah. It was, yeah. I don't think it was as brutal as the second time when Taker was almost dead. But... For the first in the trilogy, it was an amazing first match. I'm hard pressed to think of. I'm hard pressed to think of another match like a big, big time feel match like this that really fought 
through as much of the arena as this one did. Like they were yeah, they all over the place. Yeah, yeah. They went everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, at one point you had, uh, you, you mentioned uh, the choke slam off the, off the scaffolding there. I mean, you had like the referee climbing the scaffolding and like, it was yeah. just insanity. There were cameramen out there trying to get up to the platform. And it right was just, that, I just remembered like it was yesterday. It, it just popped in my head. Taker then goes for an elbow drop off the scaffolding on triple H. Right after that, mm. <laughs> like it just goes off the rails very quickly. Oh yeah, but in the best way possible. Oh, it absolutely is in the best way possible. <laughs> um, I mean, I think that uh, I, I don't know. It just to me, it had it had all the right storytelling. It had a great buildup. Um, it was kind of it, it was a, a different take on an Undertaker WrestleMania match because I yeah. feel like this one was more um american badass than anything else because it was really you know hard hitting um you know it was yeah. kind of like you know fighting the biggest guy in the prison yard yeah, pretty much um but yeah <laughs> i i thought cool. it was um tremendous i thought it was really great um definitely definitely a big part of what made that wrestlemania special absolutely absolutely yeah that was All a right. good that was a good pick um you're that up. one is also not on my list. Okay. Two for two. So All right. we're about we're about to be two for two here. <laughs> All right. So so my cool. number four, um, for me, again, this is probably if I think about my list specifically, <laughs> this is the one match on my list that I believe uh for me is more believable that Undertaker could have uh you know could have lost here than really uh any other match on my list okay um and this is also for me um this is like a big time feel match for me uh i feel like this match was this match was set in a wrestlemania it uh it's it's moment in the card everything about it just felt to me like it was a bigger than life deal. It was really to me what the streak really means. And so this was uh edge and undertaker from WrestleMania oh, 24. Okay. Because okay. Uh, I mean, to me, this was just edge edge had such a buildup and such a journey to get to this match. Absolutely. And for me, you know, it is again, it, it might be a little maybe later in, edges um you know in his singles career yeah but for me there are moments where um i mean think about it from you know like think about it from like the the, the sopranos point of view like you know <laughs> yeah. you rob you rob 20 suits off a truck and everybody's like oh that's a you know a, a great thing but you know you kill a rival mobster and everybody's like oh you're made yeah you know? and for me edge had been stealing suits off of trucks for a long time and it had yeah. been super great yeah like you know he had his buddy christian help him steal the suits for a while but eventually he was like you know what i think i can steal the suits myself and he did and a lot of people got a lot of great suits from him yeah. but then this was the moment where he killed the rival mobster like yeah. this was it this was the moment that he was made um the the match was the match was so good just you know back and forth and honestly i mean you just you you felt like every moment that edge hit a big move and and went for the pin 
you were sitting on the edge of your seat because you, to me, it felt like you could honestly believe like edge was going to pull this off. Absolutely. Let's, uh, let's dive into this. Cause this, guess what? This was my number three pick. Nice. So okay. Let's just dive into this. Um, okay. Yeah. The let's do it. Built into this on so many levels. Now they didn't just build this as, you know, title versus taker, you know, versus streak. Mm-hmm. Edge also hadn't lost a singles match at Mania up to that point. So it was sure. technically streak versus streak. Mm-hmm. It was for the World Heavyweight title. It was the first time that Mania went at the end and had a taker. Mm-hmm. So it was his main event streak match, which is even sure. a bigger deal. Mm-hmm. You had all these different cards in play. And every time Edge would counter a move, they made it the biggest deal on commentary. Anytime he oh, reversed yeah. a choke slam, a last ride, a tombstone, mm-hmm. an old school, they mm-hmm. put Edge over so much that, oh, it made you believe Edge might actually have a chance yeah. to win the streak. And apparently Edge was one of the guys that was asked to do it, and he said no. That is correct. Uh, do you know who the other guy was? Mm, Reigns. No. No, just a guess. The other, the other guy was uh, the world's strongest man, Mark Henry. Mark Henry, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 Um, for me, I think that, um, you know, the fact that the fact that it was, you know, title versus streak helped to elevate Edge's role in all of this. Yeah. But to me, like once once we hit that match, I don't think I had ever taken anybody as seriously as I had taken Edge. And I don't think anybody felt like. I, I felt like people were stepping up their game to get yeah. to the Undertaker's level. Absolutely. And when you got to that match, I felt like Edge and Undertaker were already there. Like Edge oh, yeah. didn't have to step up. Like he no. was, I mean, because he was, you know, the 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 absolute 100% slimy heel going into this. But, <laughs> yeah. but that's yeah. part of, like, you know, Edge has many great layers to him, but that slimy heel version of yeah, him is... Yeah, that uh, gritty, yeah. Because he's, he, what what's great about it is he's so good at it, but yeah. you also know that that's like the furthest thing from what he is. You yeah, know what I mean? Like exactly. You yeah, know that yeah. he is a complete different person, but the fact that he's so good at portraying that character, for me, it's it's like you know, um, you know, it when the, you know, when when all the stars align, and it just it, yeah. it, it, it felt. It felt like there was no other way you could describe it than main event. So, yeah, I, it I mean, was it's the definition worthy. of yeah. a, a main event. I, I could sit here, last, yeah, I could sit here and watch it yeah, over and over again <laughs> and never be disappointed. No, I know what I know the ending. I know what's going to happen, and it still doesn't matter. Everything from the entrances to the atmosphere of WrestleMania 24. That outdoor atmosphere was just absolutely Crazy. perfect for this. Yeah, um, it's it's one of those moments in time where you'll look back at it and say, "We'll probably never see a moment again like this, where we have two stars that are so big that just aligned in such a great way in such a great atmosphere." Right. WrestleMania 24 is honestly one of my favorite WrestleMania arenas. Oh, yeah. I think everything about it because you th- you think about it. I mean, this was what this was. Um, Michaels and Flair. Yeah. In the yeah. same show. Yeah, yeah. And here we're sitting and talking about how great this was. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I love that that's your number three. Yeah. That's that, that's great. That's why I, just, I was like, you know what? 
let's just mention it now because we're on the same page, but mine's just a yeah. little bit higher. Um, I think mine's a little bit higher just because of the fact that, like I said, they've added all these nuances. You know, they added mm-hmm. the, the belt, the streak, edge yeah. streak, taker streak. It was sure. on last. The fact that they put over Edge any chance they could on commentary. The fact that I think Edge was was one of the first ones to kick out of the tombstone, other than like Kane. Mm-hmm. Um, which that they even made that a big deal that he that he that he that he kicked out of the the tombstone. So like you know, yeah, they made this feel as big as it actually was, and that's why it's a little higher on my list. I understand. So you number three. <laughs> Excellent. My number three. All right. So, um, how do we how do we take how do we take something that was good and we make it great? Well, just like any recipe, uh, we add some new ingredients into it. Okay. So, my number three is Triple H and Taker from WrestleMania 28, the end of an era, okay. which we all which we all know it wasn't the end of an era. No, it wasn't. But but it was, but it was a good match think, though. Think about this though. Um, let's let's think about 28 and let's think about the type of match that we were watching. You know, this this uh Hell in a Cell Undertaker, Triple H. Um, you throw in Shawn Michaels, which was an absolute wild card to begin with, because yeah. I mean, we know the history between Triple H and Shawn Michaels. We know the history between Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. You remember all the uh, you know, Shawn Michaels involvement in Undertaker's Bret Hart feud. Yeah, you know, so there's a yeah. lot of history between all three of these guys, yep. and I mean, think about a big time, big feel match like that that is just this violent car wreck between two guys who, quite honestly, were past what they went out there and did. Yeah, they were at points in their career where they showed you why they were who they were because yeah. they went and they found a way to turn it up to a notch that they should not have been able to turn it up to at that point. They, they broke the notch. Put it that way. They did. They broke yes. the notch. You had, they absolutely did. Yeah. The hell in a cell element, of course, which was already bad enough. They literally beat the snot out of each other. Mm-hmm. The entire match. It was, I, I think more brutal than the first, well, the second time around, I say first, but it's the second time around. Well, um, it, it probably um, was just because of the type of match that it was designed yeah. to be like it was built to be that way yeah, because I think I think a lot of that I think a lot of that violence a lot of that hard hitting nature of it was built to kind of mask some of the things that maybe you know at that point in their careers they really couldn't do as well as they used to but that was fine though because it was yeah. it's what you expect out of a hell in a cell and I, and I think I, I loved that build up better because it was the whole this was the first time that we saw Taker without his long hair. You know, they had mm-hmm. that they had a promo where you see someone, you see him like chopping his hair off while mm-hmm. doing a very like sinister promo to Twitch because he was the whole story was he was embarrassed that he that even though he won, he couldn't leave the ring on his own. So yeah. he, so he, so in his eyes that that win was a uh, blemish on his streak that he wanted to fix because in him, his mind he didn't win. Because he wasn't yeah. able to walk out on his own after sure. it was all said and done. So he went a little bit crazier than normal. Mm-hmm. Shaved his head off. Well, in storyline. Shaved his head off, went crazy, and then when he did the big reveal, everyone was stunned that he had a mohawk and his hair mm-hmm. was gone. Yeah. Um <laughs> and then you what I... and then obviously the wild card of all the things, Michaels is a threat referee. He yeah. was he got more involved than uh we thought he would. 
<laughs> well, so so here's my so here's my thing. You know, we just got done talking about Edge, and you know, we felt like, and this is the second. Well, this will be the third time we've done this on the list. Now we talked about Randy Orton yep. and why it felt like Randy Orton could beat him. We talked yep. about Edge and why it felt like Edge could beat him. So now here yep. you have Triple H, somebody who, um, you know, does not typically lose or lose big time matches like this very well yeah. uh you know he's he's a very bad loser um <laughs> we all know that <laughs> but you know we we know that we've seen this before we know we've seen triple h and taker before and right. so now wwe has to find a way to make it believable that triple h could get through undertaker of all places hell in a cell yeah. and remember Shawn michaels has already beaten taker in a hell in a cell yeah, you know your your boy showed up that day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but now they but now they've got to make it seem like Triple H could actually somehow pull this off. Yeah, and that addition of Shawn Michaels and even like the sweet chin music to take her during the match. I will guarantee you that first time around, there's not one watches that match that doesn't see that sweet chin music and think that is it. That's that's the end of the match. That's, that's it. it. Like yeah, it has yeah. to be. Yeah. And then but, I think they had the whole HBK combo where he hits him with the super kick and then Triple H hits the pedigree one two mm -hmm. boo, and yeah. it was it was like the longest two count ever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, and that's and that's the thing because you know they went WWE went so out of their way to make this believable, and then yeah. when Taker was finally able to overcome the odds, and then for me like the match was great. Everything about the match was great. Everything about it was was really good. But the three of them walking out together, like, yeah, you want to talk about to me, that was the real end of an era there because we'll never see something like that again. Oh, we'll no. never see again. three big superstars, larger than life wrestling legends. I mean, I was thinking about this the other day and it hit me out of nowhere and it was most it was partly when i was thinking about this match right if we talk about um if we talk about mount rushmore's of wrestling it is it is very rare that you hear somebody bring up triple h or Shawn michaels name because you, you have your hogan's your flares yeah. your austin's your yeah. undertakers mm -hmm. uh i've heard people put andre the giant on there yeah. just because of everything that they've done for the business yeah. but if you sit down and you think about like triple h well what would qualify him to be on there Shawn right. michaels what would qualify him to be on there and when you think about those things you have to think to yourself how are we leaving those people out of the conversation? Yeah. But we just, we, we never bring them up. I yeah. have heard this yeah. debate <laughs> hundreds of times probably. And yeah. I don't know that I've heard, I don't bring them up. They, I would not have automatically put them on my Mount Rushmore, but yeah. it's moments like this that really show you like, Hey, you know, what don't we have now? Triple exactly. H has had uh heart issues uh, yep. and he's not wrestling. Shawn Michaels is at a point where he shouldn't be wrestling. And thankfully <laughs> he is using his talents to the betterment of NXT superstars. Yes. Yeah. Um, Taker. I mean, when you watch the last ride documentary and you understand what Taker has to go through to get one match out of him a year. Yeah, insanity. These are it's three guys crazy. that should not be wrestling. And this is a moment in time where the three of them have just together 
put on a performance that has to be considered, you know, for me, that would be, that would easily be top five WrestleMania matches of all time. It would yeah. definitely be top 10 for most people. I would, I would hope because I would it just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it just, it, it does, it does a lot for me that moment. Uh, just the three of them together. It's just, I don't know. There's, there's just no words for it. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Pick. All right. So we are down to your number two. Number two. And I'm ex- wanna... I'm excited to hear this because I really honestly think that our number ones are going to be the same. I, I, will... I have I have, I have a, a feeling. Um, I'll be surprised if they don't, but I will also be surprised if our number twos aren't the same. Well, my number two, I almost made number one, but I didn't want to feel biased because I was there at this one. This was my first Mania with yeah. the brothers. Mania 29 versus CM Punk. I was there, saw that live. That was really freaking cool. But it wasn't just about being there live. The mm-hmm. buildup, while sometimes a little bit tasteless, was very good because Paul Bear mm-hmm. had just passed away, mm-hmm. and they used that as a as kind of like the the crutch to the whole story very well. Again, right. sometimes a little bit too well, but well mm-hmm. nonetheless. You had you know uh, Heyman come out as Paul Bear the one night holding the urn. You had. Mm-hmm. Um, the Druids come out, and CM Punk was one of the Druids, and he dumps the ashes on top of Taker and beats him up with it. Mm-hmm. That was a little bit extreme, but the visual was just so good. Mm-hmm. You had um, him also have his theme played live, CM Punk. Yes. Um, that was amazing. So, again, that was another another big fight feel to the matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, this one... They made you believe that he was the one in twenty and one. And that was my mm-hmm. favorite. That was like my favorite promo that he ever did. Was I am the one in twenty and one, and I loved that. I loved that whole promo. I loved that that phrase that they used throughout mm-hmm. the entire storyline. I thought it was perfect. Yeah, you know, it was a very evenly uh, evenly paced matchup with both guys. Uh, you mm-hmm. had Punk do the big stop where he elbow drops Taker on the unbroken table. It didn't break. Looked worse than it did. <laughs> yes. And also, I truly believe, and this might sound mean, but it's not, that this was Darren last great WrestleMania match before the streak ended. So, this is my number two as well. Yay! Um, <laughs> and I, I will say that um, even though it's even though it's not my number one, I think that this is my personal, I couldn't put it as number one, but it's my personal favorite out of all of them. If I had to, if I had to pick one streak match to watch, it would be this one just because uh, there are a number of reasons. Number one, um, I think this is some of the greatest promo work building up to a pay-per-view I've ever seen. Absolutely. I think that, Paul Heyman's time with CM Punk and the the part of it leading up to this uh, match, I think, honestly, for me, for my money, is Paul Heyman's best work in WWE. Also um, agreed. I think CM Punk was amazing. Uh, I I love CM Punk's uh, I love CM Punk's gear uh, for yeah, this match. Cool. I think his um, I think his entrance with the uh, obviously being played to the ring and 
his uh he has like the 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 gray dojo hoodie with the purple yeah. accents yeah. on it and yeah. Yeah. like the the whole thing was just the whole thing was just phenomenal and the match itself is really really good now what's interesting about this match is this match right here is the moment where you know CM Punk is a speeding bullet train and every wheel goes off every car. Yeah. Like this is the moment where everything just goes straight to hell for CM Punk and WWE. Cause this is the number one reason no matter what CM Punk, no matter what CM Punk says, and I'm sure he said it at times as well, but to me, this is the number one reason why he ended up leaving WWE. This yeah. was the start of it all. This yeah. was his major gripe. And honestly, if you sit down and you watch WrestleMania 29, for as wrong as CM Punk has been over the years, CM Punk is 100% right about this card. Yeah. That the should have been that. the main yeah. event. Yeah, the matches after that match, I was there live. As soon as that match ended, the fans kind of fizzled out. Like, nobody cared anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, it was. I think uh, Triple H versus Brock followed that match, and it was just the crowd wasn't there. They were exhausted mm-hmm. from taking uh, CM Taker, and it was like the other guys had to top that, and they couldn't mm-hmm. top it, and it was noticeable. Mind you, this is also the same mania where Triple H pretty much burns his chest off because the uh, ice goes right oh, into his yeah. skin when it comes out. Yeah, so the dry ice. Like, Third degree burns on his chest mm-hmm. during the match, which I know it wasn't as good, but props to him for wrestling. Oh, absolutely. Burning off the entire time. <laughs> yeah. So I will, I will say that, uh, so I was actually in town for WrestleMania that year. Um, I did the fan access festival oh, nice. and, uh, Gosh. I was, I was in town for a little while. Uh, I was planning on going to, I was planning on going to the event. Uh, I was going to get, um, tickets on on StubHub because actually that's how I bought my WrestleMania tickets before. Yeah, um, so I had I had planned on doing that and uh by the day of I was just like I I had looked at ticket prices and I had thought about it and I thought you know what I'm just gonna go home and watch it on on pay-per-view but I will say this much I did get uh I went to the WWE store at MetLife Stadium and I bought a t-shirt from that event. Okay. And the t-shirt I bought was the WrestleMania 29 exclude because they because every year they do t-shirts like exclusive ones for all the big matches that you can only get at the shop. Mm-hmm. I I got the Undertaker CM Punk shirt. It is so freaking cool. Nice. It's got it's got Taker on the front and he's doing his big pose in the back. And CM Punk is at the bottom doing his pose. Nice. Taker's logo's on one sleeve. CM Punk's on the other. It is so freaking cool. And then That's it's got the cool. WrestleMania stuff on the back. Cause honestly, that is without a doubt my favorite Undertaker match. Cause it was just everything about it lined up so well. And yeah. like you said, well. a lot of the stuff that they did, like, you know. How about let, let's give Paul Heyman some credit for doing a spot on Paul Bearer impersonation. Yeah, it was a pretty good like, impression. Rep, dressing up as him. <laughs> it, it, yeah, no word of a lie. It was good. Um, yeah. And it did it it did go over the line cringeworthy to a point, but that's what made it so special. Yeah. Like you you saw a different side of CM Punk during this, and you saw a side of CM Punk that 
Like you, you, you legitimately believed that CM Punk's only goal in this world was to beat the Undertaker. Yeah, pretty much. To me, I think that to me, this is a better CM Punk than the CM Punk we saw on the lead up to uh, him winning the title in Chicago and going home with it. Right. right. I, I think this was just. I think this was just perfect. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, I mean, there's. I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any doubt. I don't think there's any um, doubt here. I'll, I don't think there's any doubt whatsoever. Um, you know what gonna, the. I'm just gonna come out here and say it, and then we can just talk about it. Uh, my number one is versus Shawn Michaels, the first one. Not the second one, the first one. I hope we're on the same page here. We, we might not. Man, be. I'm I'm shocked. Oh, we're not on the same page. No. Oh. We are oh. not at all. My my num- my number one is Undertaker versus uh, Big Show and A Train. Oh wow! No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I was gonna say. Of course, my of course my number one is Michaels the first time. I mean, this was even twenty five. No, it's, I mean, it's not. This no... was great and had more at stake, but this one to me stands out as the better match of the two. Yes. Uh, it's probably the greatest match in the history of WrestleMania, not just the Undertaker's matches. Period. Um. And it's sad because it it outshines it so much that I don't even even remember what the other matches on the card were. Like um, I remember that match, and like I mean, that's it. I think was that that the also the same mania where? Oh no, that's something else. Can you name uh, one match on that card other yeah. than that match? Yeah, um, Jericho took on. Roddy Piper, Jimmy Snuka, and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. There you go. And the See? reason I the reason I bring that up okay. is because Ricky the Dragon Steamboat came out and shocked the entire world by how good he was at his age. Oh, he was so good. So much so, so that so much so that the following night on Monday Night Raw, he was in an eight man tag uh, on Monday Night Raw, which I was at that Monday Night Raw as well. Um, nice. And that was just. He was so good. Like it, it was just unbelievable how good right. he was. Um, I'm trying to think if I uh I know that there was I know that there was a money in the bank match uh that year, and I remember uh specifically um Finley was in that match because I remember Hornswoggle <laughs> brought out a tiny ladder. Yeah. Uh but I'm trying to think. I, I mean it uh yeah, it's it's very. I'm very hard pressed to. Yeah, this match is the one that stands out because. Yeah. I don't think we knew it at the time, but we were about to see greatness. Oh yeah. These two Oof. icons put on a match for the ages, and like this, this is the same match that had that scary spot where Taker goes for his patented dive, Michaels moves but brings the uh, cameraman forward, and basically Taker lands on his head. Yeah, Thank that God was pretty was bad. Okay. But that was one of the big spots in the match. Nice. I also add that this one had the entrance where Michaels was in the all white and Taker was in the all black. And it was just such a cool thing to see Michaels pull off the Undertaker, but dressed in all white. It's just yeah, so perfect. The build the so build perfect. the build up to it was um the build up to it was Shawn Michaels getting very biblical and reading about uh the difference between the, the darkness and the light. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh Shawn Michaels did promos from a graveyard. Shawn Michaels held uh a funeral for the Undertaker, yeah. and the Undertaker showed up in the casket, even though he wasn't in the casket to begin with. 
Yeah. Uh, and the buildup was just tremendous because Shawn Michaels actually did that white Undertaker outfit uh, on Raw one night. Yeah. Like he did a promo with that. And so that entrance was just, I mean, there's there's so there's cool, no man. words for that so entrance. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was when, just. When he's in the air on that, like, um, whatever you want to call it, like elevator oh yeah it was it was like a lift coming yeah, down from, lift, the, he, from the ceiling because it was the light. it was just yeah so it cool. was in just, such con it was in such contrast from uh you know like the undertaker coming up from the depths like yeah. it was yeah and this is like this is just again this was this was a master class in pro wrestling with these two like yeah talk about they wanted to steal the show they stole the show because their match is the most spoken about match of that entire mania oh yeah 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 um so just just in comparison uh just pulling up some of the matches um from that show okay uh you had uh cm punk ended up winning the money in the bank so that was one of his money in the bank wins um they had the terrible miss wrestlemania battle royal which sent him one just awful we had the chris jericho match which we talked about um we had the absolutely, and this match was not bad. It's just this feud was bad, but we had uh, Matt Hardy defeated Jeff Hardy in an Extreme Rules match because you remember right. that was during that whole ill-fated, uh, that whole ill-fated thing where um, it was the feud between Matt and Jeff Hardy that just never felt right from the beginning. Right. It was it was terrible. The match was not bad. It just, that feud fell flat. Um, yeah, it was not good. <laughs> Rey Mysterio defeated JBL in like 20 seconds and JBL quit. Yeah, that was the whole his last match and he yep. was out. Uh and then we had uh the we had the two world title matches. One was uh Cena versus uh Big Show versus Edge. Okay. Ooh. And then uh and and this is this is a shame to me because I felt like this was another match that had a great build up. Uh Triple H beat Randy Orton. And if you remember the Triple H Randy Orton buildup, that's the one where uh, um, Randy Orton uh, DDT Steph in the ring with yeah. Triple H uh, like stra- uh, handcuffed to the ropes. Yeah. Uh, Triple H went to Randy Orton's house and beat him up, and like the buildup to that match was really good. That was one of those things where the, the buildup was great, but the match was kind of not. The match wasn't the match wasn't bad. I just feel like. Nothing on that. And again, I don't know if anybody knew it was going to be as big as it was, but nothing came even, nothing came even close. Everything was just completely overshadowed by Michaels and Undertaker. Because when you got done with that match, honestly, sitting there in that crowd, I knew right away that I had just watched the greatest match of all time. And you're also probably exhausted too after that match. Oh, um, (laughs) you know, that, that match reinvented what a false finish was. Oh yeah, absolutely. That match was so good because yeah. I'm telling you, that crowd 100%. Because you you watch it back. Uh, I just I just made my wife Sonia watch it with me the other day, yeah. and you watch that match back, and that crowd 100% bit on every one of those. You believed oh, yeah. Yeah, every yeah. one of those was just, the ending of the match. Know. Oh yeah, like yeah michael's definitely was one that made you believe that okay he could be the one that could i mean all of them mm. could in their own way but yeah at the same time like 
this was different. Yeah, this was a different scenario. And at this point, you didn't even care. Like you, you were just you were watching this classic, and it was interesting. You brought up that moment where uh, Shawn Michaels pulls the cameraman in. Go yeah. back and watch this match. There's two things you want to look for. One yeah. that I didn't even see until uh, Sonya and I watched it the other day. So okay, um, first off, there is this uh, there is this huge crack sound that you hear when they collide. Right. And that's actually the cameraman landing on the camera. Oh, geez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that was bad for one. But just go back and watch that match before Michaels pulls the cameraman in. He has a hold of the ref and he shoves the ref so hard into the barricade that the ref oh, bounces off of the barricade. Like okay. the ref in that match took a bump that nobody gives that. nobody gives him any credit for, and it was amazing. Uh, yeah, I'll have to watch that back. So good. <laughs> we get it. Look, we could sit here and talk about this match for hours because it, it's, it's just, just a classic. It's just it's yeah. it's just so good. But uh, yeah, I think I think overall, even though we didn't have the exact same lists, I think that we really highlighted um, just some of the, the the really great moments and not just great moments, but how we continuously get the same type of thing where we really believe that somebody could beat the undertaker, but we got it in such different and diverse ways that it made every match feel special. And that's part of, that's part of what's so great about this streak is not only just the amount of talents that were involved in this streak and just doing the things that they were doing, but also, um, just the fact that the undertaker could have such great matches with each of these people says yeah. so much about him as a performer. Yep. Yeah. So, all right. So, uh, this, uh, Monday night edition of opinion city after dark has been a blast. Hey. I'm, I'm glad we could, uh, I'm glad we could finally make this happen that we, uh, we got through, uh, all our technical issues and we, we made we it through, this an entire episode. Uh, so, you know, not only do we want to, uh, thank you for listening to the opinion city podcast, but we also want to, uh, thank you for your patience and thank you for, uh, you know, sticking with us through 23 (laughs) episodes so far. And, uh, as you've seen online, you know, we've, uh, we've got a lot more, we've got a lot more coming, uh, so, um, you know, check that out. You can find that on our socials. There's a whole list of uh, our shows coming up. And it's it's going to be the end of this year. year. <laughs> yeah, the, the end of this year, we are ending with an absolute bang. Um, so please, uh, you know, check that out on our socials. But again, uh, we want to thank you for listening to the Opinion City Podcast with myself, Ralph March, and Parmesan Russell. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll follow us on social media at Opinion City Pod. And of course, tell your friends, family, colleagues, complete strangers. If you're at Subway getting a hoagie, tell them behind the counter. Because honestly, you never know who you're going to tell and find out that they're, <laughs> they're, they are a wrestling fan and That's they true. would love to listen to Opinion City. And I had that exact experience this weekend where I told somebody nice. that I never would have thought was a wrestling fan. Nice. So tell everyone you can about opinion city and please like rate and review us on apple podcasts spotify pandora or wherever you get your podcasts be sure to check out our previous episodes let us know your friends on those as well as this week's topic 
Check us out on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Threads, anywhere you can find social medias at Opinion City Pod. This has been a Mancast Network production, and we will see you guys next time. This is Ultimo Man here. You're listening to Opinion City Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Happy